Welcome to Always West Seattle, where the people, places, happenings, and history of West Seattle intersect. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. This episode is a real mouthful as we hear from local dental hygienist Lynn Immel about navigating her job through the pandemic. We'll also learn more about the new baking operation known as Patch Pocket Productions, delivering enormous English muffins and other tasty treats direct to West Seattle eaters. Before we get into the good stuff, do me a quick favor and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, which is also a great place to share your comments and reviews. And make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle on all three platforms is Always Podcast. Our pandemic life has introduced all sorts of strange new normals and unique challenges for everyone, but especially for people working in essential roles. While many of us have been staying home, plenty of others have been out there during the outbreak, especially those working in healthcare and requiring close contact with many people. One area that I found myself wondering about is dentistry. How do you get comfortable spending all day in people's mouths when there's an airborne virus that spreads from coughing, singing, or even speaking? Of course, it's impossible to ask these kinds of questions in the middle of a teeth cleaning, so I caught up by phone with local hygienist Lynn Immel of K-Dental to hear straight from the horse's mouth. How long have you been in the dental industry? Over 30 years. I was a dental assistant until 22 years ago, and then I became a dental hygienist. Wow. So, yeah. And how long have you been at K-Dental in the Junction? I think it's been 10 years, maybe more, 10 and a half, something like that. (laughs) Time flies. Yes. (laughs) What do you love about your job? I love seeing progress with my patients and getting to know my patients too. It's fun when you've been seeing them for 10 plus years and how things have been going on in their lives and you just feel connected to people. Mm -hmm. I like that. So spending all day in people's mouths, I would think would really put you at ground zero for COVID-19. What has it been like navigating your job during the pandemic? So we were off for two months until mid-May and we came back, but we were still in phase one when we came back. And that was super scary. I was really nervous. We were all really nervous about it because it's all new uncharted territory. And we didn't know a lot about COVID at that time. Right. So there was more deaths and it's been a learning process as far as how to treat people. So it was very nerve wracking in the beginning, even though we are used to infection control, we've always worn masks, we've always worn gloves. It was still nerve wracking in the beginning. And then we're still all cautious, but we're used to it, I guess. You get used to anything. The new normal, taking people's temperature, wearing face shields, double masks. Yeah, it's just a new normal. Did you ever think at any point, I can't do this, I'm done with this? No, but I have friends that actually did quit and they said, I just can't go back. It's just not something that I want to do. They felt too nervous about it. So five people in the dental industry that I knew never went back. Mm -hmm. So you've obviously had to make changes. Do you think some of those changes that you made during the pandemic will stay moving forward? I think so, because I think they're a good thing. We have air purifiers in in every op, which why would we remove those? Those are great. And we have a suction that collects aerosols. And that's a great idea too. That was created by a hygienist before COVID. It's just been become very necessary during this time. But 
it's going to prevent everything, even from the common cold and flu. So I can't imagine that I'll stop using it. How long have you been in West Seattle? I lived in West Seattle for almost 30 years. Wow. What do you love about West Seattle? I love that it's like a small city and you get to know everyone and you always see people when you're out and with your kids in school, you just feel like so many people. I feel like the Even with all the growth in West Seattle, it just feels like a small city within a city. What are some of your favorite places in West Seattle? I love Lincoln Park. And of course, I love Alki too. When it's super crowded, like Alki will be a zoo. I avoid that at that time, but I'll go, you know, to Lincoln Park or something like that. I love this place. And even though it's gotten super crazy and super busy, there's a reason for that. It's a great place to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate to work for a very nice boss. And the people that I work with are great. And everyone's been there a super long time. So I feel fortunate to be able to live and work in my community because not everyone can do that. So I feel very lucky. Yeah, that is a great thing. Would you say the people of West Seattle have pretty good oral hygiene? I do. I feel like we're very educated. There's a high tech industry, people working at Amazon, Microsoft, or Starbucks, and it just seems like people are aware of their health. They take care of themselves for the majority. Yeah, I do feel like that. Yeah. If you're working at Starbucks or drinking Starbucks all day, you should really pay attention to what's happening with your mouth. You need to see your hygiene to get that coffee stain off. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we could actually say you're more likely to encounter fresh breath in West Seattle than you would anywhere else? I don't know about that necessarily. What's great is that everyone wears masks now, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Another silver lining bright side to all of this. You can find K-Dental, spelled K-A-E, on the web at drjunek.com. Another telling element of our pandemic lives has been the number of entrepreneurs pivoting to different roles or whole new careers. One such enterprising person is Wendy Scherer, who put her experience and talents to use in a new business that sprung from a need to feed hungry mouths at her own home. When did you get started baking professionally? Probably when I was in college. I was in Missoula, Montana. It's a pretty small town. And at that time, if you knew enough people, someone would just call you and offer you a job or stop by your house. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a friend actually that I had gone to high school with and she had quit her job at this amazing bakery called Bernice's Bakery in Missoula. And she just asked me if I wanted it. And I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And what kind of stuff were you baking there? They did a variety of sort of more wholesome style baked goods, whole wheat pan loaves, but we did croissants, we did cookies, peanut butter bars. Yeah. So a lot of variety. It was just a walk-in, grab-and-go bakery, and it's still there. <laughs> oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check that out the next time I'm at <laughs> good old Missoula. Uh, so what brought you out to Seattle? Like a lot of people in these small towns in the Northwest, you tend to try and gravitate towards the city. You just have an itch to get out. I did spend a year in New Orleans and I Mm. I baked down there as well and waited tables. I miss the Northwest. 
I miss the landscape. I miss the weather, just everything about it. And so I headed back to Missoula and stayed with some friends for a little bit. And I had a couple sisters who had already moved out here to Seattle. It was an easy place to come. I was able to stay with my sister, look for a job and yeah, figure things out. Were you baking professionally in Seattle as well? My first job actually, when I got here to Seattle was working as a messenger at a Kinko's Copies. I had also worked at a Kinko's in uh-huh. Missoula. And then I got some sort of oddball jobs making refrigerator magnets. And then I started waiting tables because that's really a great way to make a little more cash. And I had done that throughout my career really in Missoula, part-time bread baking, part-time mm-hmm. working in the front of the house. So I I worked at Shea Shea in the market, which is no longer there. And mm-hmm. I also worked for a number of years at Cafe Flora in Madison Park. Cool. Yeah. And uh, so now you're baking at home under the name Patch Pocket Productions. Where did that name come from? We had lots of little names written down on a piece of paper, like people do when you're tossing about ideas for a a business. Some using my name, some using other bread terms and I was at home doing other kind of handicrafts, which I like to do. I love to make things. So I was sewing a lot and doing other things. And I'm not sure where it came from. We were just (laughs) writing things down and liked that it wasn't necessarily stuck in a very specific bread world. I feel like it exemplifies some of the things I, I think of in my products as well. It's a small functional item, but it also can have a a lot of personality and a lot of fun to it. And was this a pandemic pivot for you? It definitely was. I had worked for nearly 20 years at Tom Douglas restaurants uh, in both the pastry kitchen as well as the bread bakery. And I got laid off, which is scary, especially after that many years in an industry. And I think for anyone out there who's working on the world of restaurants, we were particularly hard hit. I've worked a lot over the years and I was was not as aware as many of us weren't how long it would go on. So at first I just settled in and I love to bake. So I was baking for my family. I was passing, you know, stuff off to the neighbors and just goofing off, honestly, Mm -hmm. initially. But I, you know, slowly thought, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to switch gears? I'm not a young person anymore. (laughs) And even looking around at what my skill set and what other industries that would match and just what to do. I I knew that I loved baking. Mm -hmm. I knew I had a skill set that could do it. And yeah, it just kept on. And I also have a a friend who had a a business and has really assisted me because he's allowing me to use his kitchen. So I was able to upscale a little bit from getting out of my my house Uh because I have quite a few pets and a lot of people in here and it's pretty tiny. And (laughs) it's very nice to be able to do this at home. And my original dream was to convert my garage into a more functional commercial kitchen. But that's a quite a bit of coin. Yeah. Uh, so to percolate this in, a, in an actual kitchen somewhere else, even though I can only use it a couple days a week has really been a gift. And yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. What were some of the biggest challenges besides finding a kitchen to do this and making this happen and getting it off the ground? I think understanding Instagram, the platform that, you know, a lot of people are using now to do this, it, you know, it ends up being a a, a word of mouth thing. And Mm -hmm. I had not, you know, used Instagram myself. And so just putting myself out there, talking to people, trying to find some support to get stuff going. And really, you just sit there for a long time. You have to believe in yourself. What is the challenge for me? I've almost always, you know, had a job working for other people and using their vision and my work. And 
thinking about what I wanted to do and I had some clear things in mind, but it's also, yeah, it's a real act of confidence in your, in yourself and what you're doing. Absolutely. I've been uh, self-employed for well over 20 years now, and you have to believe in yourself every single day. And it's not always easy. It isn't. (laughs) (laughs) What's the response been like so far? So far, really pretty good. I mean, I think initially there were many weekends because I do I mostly mix and shape on Friday and then I do my baking in the morning on Saturday. So it's just one day a week that I'm able to do delivery. So there were quite a few weekends where I wasn't really sure that it was worth it, certainly financially, because it is quite a bit of, of work and waiting. But then other weekends were super busy and it was a little bit more than I could handle. So really identifying what I can produce in a timely fashion at my own quality standards. I learn something every weekend that I do it. And so now slowly but surely I have quite a few repeat customers and that's great. And then people turning other people on to the products and Mm -hmm. Now I'm just trying to think about how long do you stick with certain products? Where can I fit in maybe a rotating cast of characters to add some interest? And then it's just being on all the time so that you're taking photos and posting things on Instagram and doing those things to make sure people know you're, yeah, you're still out there and and doing stuff. Yeah. And so you launched with English muffins and pretzels, I believe. I did. Yeah. And how did you decide on those products? They're definitely products that I have some experience making. And at home, we use English muffins constantly (laughs) for my kids and otherwise. And so I wasn't really thinking of that as a product. I was Mm -hmm. thinking of that when I no longer was employed. I was like, oh, I need to make English muffins for my family. So we have things to eat. And (laughs) I don't have access to a deck oven or any of the things that you would use to make hearth bread. So that I would love to do, but it's a very different set of devices that are hard to get a hold of. So I knew I wanted to use some local flour. So I started finding some of my favorite flowers and putting them together and building on the sourdough starter that I I left Tom Douglas with Uh um, and just (laughs) testing some recipes and handing them out to the neighbors. And yeah, it took a few times. And you know, when you're working with sourdough in particular, it can be challenging, but I'm pretty happy with the way they've turned out at this point. And I'm cooking on a griddle, which I haven't done before. It's been a little tricky, but I've learned a lot and it's going really well. And that seems to be the product that people really want. So it's great. So that's definitely the biggest seller. And honestly, the pretzels, I just thought people love beer. I've just imagined people get grabbing a growler and some pretzels and having a great weekend. But yeah. Those have not really taken off in the same way. And I think maybe the keeping qualities have something to do with it. That's definitely mm-hmm. a product that's best eaten fresh Yeah, and maybe a little bit warm. So I do recommend people warm them up very low oven for a couple minutes. Right. Uh, so we'll see. And now I'm trying to do, because I really do miss just bread baking. So I'm trying to add in some pan loaves because I can bake those in a convection oven, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's a lot of testing. So not necessarily every week, but I would like to try and get some other breads in there. I've had three that I've sold. I was working initially with some enriched doughs because those really perform the best in a convection oven, but it wasn't really... It wasn't hitting my need Uh to make some more wholesome and interesting breads. I did try just a lean sourdough bread, uh, a a walnut maple, and that turned out pretty well. So yeah, I'll keep 
at it. Our neighbor, Matt Johnson, is the one who told me about you. And he said, I don't even like English muffins. But and I had to stop him right there. Like, you don't like English muffins. Can (laughs) can we even be friends? He was raving about yours. And so we've had an order at our house and yours are so fluffy and pillowy and amazing. And how do you make them so special? It's the flowers and it's just the timing. So I'm feed my starter with some organic rye that I get Mm -hmm. from Fairhaven Mills up in Bellingham. And Mm -hmm. then I'm using some Karen Spring Mills flowers as well. And I've used both of those before. And then I found this great bread flower from Smalls uh, family farm out of Walla Walla. And so I'm using that as well. And really it's just, it's adding the water. It's adding the sourdough starter. It's letting that sit and and do its magic. Uh, They are magical. That's really it. And so it's the timing. And so that really was what I had to work on, especially being at home, not in a commercial kitchen, you really have to watch and wait and eat and taste. And, you know, there's some variables. They're not exactly the same every week, but I really am very attentive to the process. And that's really what it is. Oh, it shows. And (laughs) I have to be honest, I don't eat a lot of bread. We don't even have a toaster in my house. We got your English muffins and we were grilling them and pan searing them. (laughs) That's what I do. Everyone in the house has a favorite way. My kids both use the toaster. I like to cut them in half and just put them face down in a saute pan. So I'm with you. I like that. Get it real crispy on top. (laughs) So delicious. And so you've also been delivering your baked goods. What's that experience been like? Originally, I really, my dream was to just be in West Seattle near my house, hearkening back to my original bread bakery job in Missoula, where I I walked to work, I walked home, I walked to my next job. And that really made sense. And so I thought, okay, I'll be in West Seattle, and I'll just do a little delivery business in West Seattle. And then I do have a lot of customers who are neighbors, so I can walk to most of those. But the kitchen space really made the difference. So now I'm actually commuting to Ballard to use a kitchen. Oh, wow. I know. And so (laughs) it's just was what was available. And so I have a pickup spot in Ballard. And then I drive back to West Seattle because I'm coming here to come home. I really thought because West Seattle so cut off, I would have a lot more business in West Seattle just because there's a lot. I know that a couple folks who are doing these delivery businesses who do not come to West Seattle because of the bridge. Mm -hmm. And so I still do because I'm coming, (laughs) I'm coming home. And so I do like it. I think that if I had enough business, I would try and identify a way to do a pickup spot in West Seattle instead. I think that gives people some freedom. I think now that the weather's nicer, it's a little bit less stressful. You're definitely dealing with where do I set this if someone's not home? The guy I work with, Roan, has a business called Mount Bagel, and he's definitely had crows grab bagels out of bags. And so there's some critter issues, but (laughs) it's definitely kind of fun. And you're you're driving around. I've had experiences where I've been to locations that I hadn't been to in West Seattle because they're little residential neighborhoods tucked away where you might not really travel. So it's been cool. And the past couple weekends has been really beautiful, sunny days. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. And do you already have some regulars? I do have regulars. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Neighbors mostly, but a few people that I, yeah, I had not met before and seem to be enjoying the product. So that, that, that part feels really good. And so in terms of that confidence, you question things because you do get, you know, some responses from people. These are fresh baked goods and they have there. It's not like purchasing something at a market where you're going to have the, the keeping qualities and the packaging 
challenges and all that. So they'll, they'll dry out, they'll mold right. if you keep them too long. There's some issues trying to make sure people understand how to, you know, treat the products as an issue. But for folks um, who are used to buying these kind of products, it hasn't been as, as challenging, but yeah. Keeping them around too long was not a problem in our house. <laughs> and that was the other idea. And I do know a lot of people have high minimums for these things because it is hard. It's hard to make pennies on these bread products, even in a in the regular climate. Those are not items that people tend to make a lot of money on in the restaurant mm-hmm. community. So keeping the, the packaging size small was very much on my mind just because mm-hmm. of that idea is to eat them as, as fresh as possible. And if you can, you can just run them under the tap. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> to rehydrate them. I do it at home all the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You run it under the tap. It really, what happens to these things is they just dry out. And the only thing that, that leaves them is the water. And most bread is about 50 to, or more percent water. Uh-huh. And so you could just hold them under the tap, set them down on a plate for about five, 10 minutes and proceed as wow. usual. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great tip. Yeah. Do you think you'll keep doing this or is this sort of a stopgap measure until you go back to a, another full-time job working for someone else? I really prefer to keep doing this, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I am working for uh, my friend Roan at Mount Bagel. I'm doing bagels four days a week with him and I love it. Working on the bench, it's fun having another person there and we get on real well. So that's amazing. And then I have two days of work doing Patch Pocket, but It's definitely addictive being able to just do what you want, how you want to do it, and just explore those things. And I haven't had the opportunity to do that. So I would love to continue doing that. And even if for the next couple of years, it's just two days a week, I'm going to press on. And if I can find a way to do more and maybe some other products, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's great. How long have you lived in West Seattle? I've lived in West Seattle actually a couple times, strangely. You know, if you come from Montana, you really, when you come to Seattle, it's like, we're by the water. This is incredible. So me and a few other friends when I moved here in 93 actually rented just a rickety old beach cabin up on Halleck overlooking mm-hmm. Alki. And we managed to keep that together for about a year. And then people just break up and move on and try to yeah. do other things. And so I'd mostly lived in the central district. And then when my partner and I decided to buy a house, this was on the, the top of our list. At the time it was affordable. That was in 2003. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because because the Alaska Junction, where I'm nearest to, really in so many ways reminded me of downtown Missoula. Oh, and yeah. there's just a wonderful charm to it. You can walk, you know, to a post office, to a grocery store, to go get a pint, to go to a secondhand store. It's yeah. incredible. And so we were looking here and we were looking in the CD and some other neighborhoods, but this just worked out. And I feel so fortunate. And uh, my son was too. I was just talking to him this morning about why he likes West Seattle. And he said the same thing, even though it's very not much that same small town. He's like, (laughs) it's that small town feel, even though it's not that small anymore. It really is uh, special and we love it. What are some of your favorite places in West Seattle? I do love to go to a host of our T-Tiny secondhand store. So I'm often at the Stop and Shop thrift store or Mm -hmm. the other ones down there. We go to Elliott Bay for the Growler. 
customers. I don't, and we haven't really been going out that much. We spent a bit of time going to Jack Block. I have another child who likes to roller skate. So we uh-huh. like to go down there and skate. Yeah. Do you think West Seattle could become known as the new English muffin capital of the world? <laughs> no, I don't no? think so. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's funny. And someone told me there's a, quite a few people selling English muffin and other things. I've seen a lot in this new kind of Instagram delivery and pickup model that people are doing. And I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot of croissants and other things. There's just some cool stuff out there, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I guess, I guess England might have some issue with West Seattle trying to take the throne for English muffin capital of the world. <laughs> Apparently it's an American product. I didn't know anything <laughs> about it, but I looked it up and it, it was people trying to upgrade the, now why can't I think of what those things are called that are the little crumpets. So it's just a breadier crumpet, but it was, I think originally made in New York at a hotel in New York. Oh, wow. They thought this it was more elegant. <laughs> it's probably just because you could put it in a toaster, I'm guessing. Yeah, I looked yeah. it up too, and I read that in the early 19th century, muffins were sold door-to-door in England by hawkers as a snack bread. Oh, interesting. Okay. Before most homes had their own ovens. So you're carrying on a rich tradition here by selling your English muffins door-to-door in a way. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yes. It's interesting. I do think, and I think in a lot of parts of the world, people still do that. You can walk down the street just with a, a basket full of bread. And I personally would feel fine with that. But yes, we do pat, we do put things in packages. So. Yeah. That's <laughs> a little safer. I would love to see you walking up the street with a like a little red riding hood type basket full of muffins. Yeah, it'd be great, right? I think it's really wonderful that you're doing this and doing it your own way. It's a very West Seattle venture to me. Love the products that we've tried so far and look forward to having more. And, and thanks again for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was fun. You can find Patch Pocket Productions on Instagram with more info about ordering their pretzels, English muffins, and other tasty treats. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, like, and share. Always West Seattle is a Made with Bacon production, all rights reserved. Interviews have been edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.